Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is CM Alexander with the news. It's prom season in Maine once again, and we have a few tips to help you get the most out of your prom experience. Number one, red is the color of the occasion. Number two, if you or someone you know owns livestock, request a headcount before the big night. Number three, know the locations of any and all fire extinguishers. And number four, have fun, you crazy kids. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Khan, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And joining us via Zoom, a story writer from the Boston area whose love of Stephen King stories brought him to us, a survivor of the Bates High School Black Prom of 1976, Aiden White. Aiden, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? You doing good? Oh, I'm very doing very good today. This has been uh, this has been a long time coming, man. Like we've uh, we've been chatting via email for for quite some time now. So it's finally nice to sit and meet you and say, hey, yeah, it's a long time coming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's uh, let's not waste any more time and let's get to this interview. But we have to go through CM before we can get to the interview <laughs> proper. So I'm going to toss it over to CM. Take it away. Okay, and you know what? I think I finally have the perfect segue. I know what I'm going to threaten you with if you don't answer right. (laughs) Are you ready? Go right ahead. Okay, so if you don't pass the test of these next two questions, I've got a shiny red car out front, and I'm going to get in it, and we're going to come find you. That sounded really threatening. (laughs) so aggressive. (laughs) I didn't mean it to sound that threatening. Oh, no, not that. (laughs) I was afraid it was something worse. (laughs) All right. So what was your introduction to Stephen King's work? Well, I have to give a lot of credit to my mom, who sadly passed away in October 2020 at the age of 52 from stage four cancer. And five years before, she showed me the movie of Stephen King's Misery, starring James Conn and Kathy Bates. Mm -hmm. Mm. You see, I was upset of comic book series of what happened to a certain character. And I was like, no, they cannot do this. (laughs) And mom was like, you're acting like this certain character from a Stephen King story. Here, I'll show it to you. And I was blown away by the Stephen King universe. Not to mention blown away by Kathy Bates' Oscar winning performance. Oh, Mm -hmm. amen. So after that, I wanted more of the Stephen King universe. So the next year, 2016, I watched the Stanley Kubrick version of The Shining, starring Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, and little Danny Lloyd. And that made me want to read the book because something didn't seem right about it. I have to know, what was that reaction to reading the book after seeing the movie? Well, I was not surprised that there was no hedge maze. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Pretty good answers so far. You know, Aiden, I feel like you talk to us a lot in in your emails about your love for Sissy Spacek and Kathy my Bates. My beloved. <laughs> yes, your beloved. Kathy Bates, I think, is my beloved. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more question and then we can get on with the interview. Do you have a favorite moment from Stephen King's work that has always stayed with you? That would have to be the prom massacre 
Walker from Stephen King's Carrie, especially mm-hmm. how it's done in the Brian De Palma version in 1976. What is it about that that version of it that just makes it so great for you? Oh, so many things. It, like how it was done and how it was edited. It was edited the same way. Like the side-by-side panels were, mm-hmm. I heard, were done by Paul Hirsch, who would later work on another Stephen King movie, Creep Show. They did it the same way in another Brian De Palma movie, Sisters, which Stephen King loved. And the way they did it was larger than life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before Carrie got dumped in the pig's blood, you were like, it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, that side-by-side stuff when, you know, it's just the one shot of her face and the doors are slamming and people are running. It's It makes the tension, like, it makes my chest tight. <laughs> it's so scary. It's scary, but it's but it's kind of satisfying at the same time because she got her revenge. Yeah. yeah. And they were laughing at her. <laughs> her mom said they're all going to laugh at you. Oh. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, Margaret. <laughs> Piper you- Laurie, <laughs> who just turned 90. Oh, wow. my God. 90. I know, right? She's older than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you like the any of the sequels or remakes of Carrie? I never saw the 2013 version. I only stick to the novel and the Sissy Spacek version, to yeah. be honest with you. You should check it out. It's it's a pretty solid remake. I mean, nothing as good as the Sissy Spacek version, obviously, yeah. but it's pretty good. Uh, what's her name? Chloe Grace Mortez? Yes. Yeah. She's a she's another great actress. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She does she also does the what I really loved about Sissy Spacek's performance that she you feel the difference when she's being bullied meek mild version of herself and then when she starts gaining her power like that growth the development of the character is just so strong i loved it yes all right cm did he pass yeah i'd say so congratulations aiden you passed (laughs) (laughs) you won't be hunted down by a car yeah (laughs) and i don't have to go in my closet and pray yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, that would have been so good (laughs) man you know what i think i failed i think i have to go in my closet and pray Oh, God. Uh, so, Aiden, of of all the Stephen King that you've read, what has been your favorite book or short story? I'll have to go with Misery. Mm, yeah. Because that was the one I was introduced to. Mm. And, and for Christmas one year, my little sister, who knows I adore Stephen King and knows that I didn't have it in my collection, gave it to me. And she also said, they spoofed this one in the Goldbergs. <laughs> which is which is was a show me and her liked on ABC. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And now when you when you sit down to read, are you a reader that like you are sitting there going for hours at a time and you forget time has passed? Or are you somebody who can kind of pick up and put it down? Pretty much both. <laughs> <laughs> you have self-control. It's a good when you balance, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I read the books with an audiobook on my phone. Like I have two audiobooks of Stephen King's stories. One is Salem's Lot. Mm. I forget who the narrator was. And the other is Eyes of the Dragon, narrated by Bronson Pinchot, who you may remember as Balky from yes. Perfect Strangers. <laughs> I we've had several listeners tell us that that audiobook is really good for Eyes of the Dragon. Oh, it is. It's very good. I should pick it up next time I have a free Audible credit. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite character besides Carrie? Yes. Little Danny Torrance. Yeah. Good. What what makes him your favorite? Because he's the true hero of The Shining. Mm -hmm. Not Jack Torrance. He's the villain. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
How did you feel about, so I mean, we just talked earlier about the movie versus book. I, I feel like in the the movie, they did a good job of representing Danny Torrance, at least. How did you feel about it? Uh, the Kubrick version? Yeah. I think they captured Danny's appearance well, mm-hmm. especially with Danny Lloyd. But I think they got the representation of Tony all wrong. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Tony is supposed to be a voice in his head, while in the movie, he goes like this. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. finger, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the finger. Yeah. Which is something Danny Lloyd was doing in his audition, and Stanley Kubrick says, hey, I like that. Let's have him do that for Tony. I had huh. no idea. That's crazy. That yeah. is wild. Yeah, I, I have a lot of, believe it or not, I have a lot of knowledge about Stephen King's The Shining ever since I first saw it. Yeah. Did you watch the uh, the ABC miniseries version that Mick Garris did? With Cortland Mead as Danny? Yeah. No, not not yet. But I heard Stephen King wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Stephen Weber plays Jack Torrance and he does a tremendous job. It's so good. Oh, yeah, I've heard. Now, Stephen King wrote a screenplay of his story of The Shining for Stanley Kubrick's version. But Stanley Kubrick... It being living in his own world, <laughs> turned it down and wrote his own version with a science fiction writer by his side to do it for that. And that pissed Stephen <laughs> King off. Did you see that they recently released Kubrick's treatment, the the page by page summary of of his original script? Are you serious? Yeah, you can check it out. It's pretty cool. There was supposed to be a scene at the end and where Danny and Wendy, Shelley Duvall, ended up in the hospital and one of the people from the overlook said to wendy we're gonna relocate you and give you this amount of dollars if you don't tell anybody about what you saw oh that is a super dark ending (laughs) i wonder if she would have taken it Mm, i don't know (laughs) it was shot but what's considered lost and warner brothers hasn't released an official director's cut version with that ending. Oh, that'd be cool to see. <laughs> now, something that uh, that we've always loved about you, Aiden, is that you you sign all of your emails, and I introduced it at the top of the show that you always sign Aiden White, survivor of Bates High School Black Prom of 1976. When did you start using that reference, and have you had to explain it to anybody who didn't get it right away? Actually, I've been only doing that with you guys just to oh. see oh. if you enjoy it. Yeah, we, we do. do. We love it. <laughs> I think you should carry it over into your real life. Yeah. Well, I could, but uh, there might be the <laughs> other people who won't understand that. That'd be, that'd be a good icebreaker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Then you just need to send them a copy of Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Which one? The book or the oh. movie? Oh, you have to do the movie because it's not Bates High in the book. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Edwin's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1979. Yeah, it took place in a future year when it was published in April of 74. That blew my mind when I found that out. I think we talked about it on the episode where yeah. I was like, oh, I assumed this was way later. No, it's a future book. So something else that you've shared with us, Aiden, is a few samples of your writing. What started your love of writing? Oh, my mom. Yeah. She was a writer and a poet, and she wrote stories. Some of her books got published, Much Ado About Russian. I don't think you've heard of. No, but, but I love the title. It's a vampire novel, I believe. And Oh, that's right. That's, yeah, that's CM's jam right there. <laughs> yeah, not much like Twilight Breaking Dawn. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> My mom loved to write, and you could say Stephen King was my other inspiration, but it's mostly my mom because 
wow. <laughs> she taught me how to write stories from, well, not just from your heart or your brain, but what you know. Yeah. Yeah. Was that something that you grew up and she was always writing or was that something that oh, she, she shared with you later? It's something I grew up with. Yeah. Oh, that, that has to be so cool to just like walk in and see her at work. Yep. Did she ever let you read stuff right after she had it? Yeah, she would write poems about me and my little sister, <laughs> stories, fancy stories. She wrote a manuscript once, but it was unfinished, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. But but someday it will get finished. I, I might finish it for her, but problem is I don't know how to end it from her point of view. Yeah. Do you have other writers in your family or is it just you and your mom who had that love for writing? I think it's me and my mom. So is writing just your... Is this more of a hobby and a way to express yourself or is being an author something that that's your life goal you know that's what you want to do it's just something i just like to do and Mm -hmm. if i want to get published for either a screenplay or a book that would be cool i mean i do enter contests every now and then yeah so you write screenplays also yeah in fact i just finished one nice what's it about it's about little boy going on a space adventure. He uh, he gets recruited on a space pirate ship, and and the Martian and the space lizard wants him, the little boy, to be the captain. That sounds, sounds awesome. Yeah. Yep, and it's <laughs> inspired by a lot of things. Uh, Goonies, uh, this '80s movie called uh, Explorers, which featured River Phoenix and a very young Ethan Hawke, mm. and uh, Treasure Island, and a Disney movie called Treasure Planet. Oh, I love Treasure Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Are sci-fi and horror your favorite genres, or do you have others that you like to watch and or write about? Fantasy, yeah. yeah. Is that your now just to read or do you have a favorite genre to write in? Oh, uh, I also like to write historical. Really? Nice. Historical fiction. Historical fiction is something that I always forget that I love until I end up yeah. reading one. <laughs> have you read uh, 112263 yet? That's the next book on my list. Awesome. And, and I just asked recently on on the Facebook group of dedicated Stephen King asking without any spoilers, what the story is like. And they were like, Oh, you'll love it. They know it's up your, up your alley. So they made a, a Hulu series out of it starring James, James Franco. Franco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He also does the audiobook. Yes, he does. So it was very cool. I saw the series before I'd ever read the book and it was one of those weird things of hearing the same voice tell the story. And it's just so different because it's the book and not the adaptation. <laughs> I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. That, that is cool. You know, sometimes when I grow facial hair or before I shave, I like to think I look like James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. James Franco never went to Bates High, though. Mm. No. <laughs> so you got something up on him. Yeah. <laughs> so as somebody who's been writing basically your whole life, how would you describe your writing process? Usually I write lists of ideas to keep myself organized. You know, the basic index card thing yeah. or sometimes you just jot down a list. So many things to do to <laughs> do a writing process, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I imagine. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, Aiden, what made you want to come onto our show and chat with us? Oh, that's easy. I just want to talk to people who appreciate my passion for this <laughs> New England best-selling horror <laughs> fantasy storyteller. 
and just want to put it out there in the podcast, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm glad I found you guys. We're glad you found us too, man. It's always a pleasure chatting with yeah. you. It's hard sometimes to find people who are willing to just talk for hours or days <laughs> or years <laughs> <Right>? about, <laughs> about horror, kind of in general, but even Stephen King. So it's always nice to find like-minded people. Well, Stephen King is very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, one of the things he did was make a movie with George A. Romero, Creep Show. Yes. Um, <laughs> George A. Romero is the guy who did Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead, the originals. Mm-hmm. I mean, what could be better than that? Stephen King and George A. <laughs> Romero working on a movie like that. Did you watch The Dark Half with Timothy Hutton? No. Uh, what's that about? Oh. oh, that's also George Romero. Yeah, it's George Romero and Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Just being no awesome. No way. Yeah. It's <laughs> yes. awesome. It's one of my, it's in my top favorite Stephen King books and top favorite adaptations. Mm-hmm. And we have some episodes on it. So you can uh, get an idea if it's something you think you might like. Yeah, I think it was like the third book we ever covered. I think yeah. I will. will. I'm in. I watch it. It's one of those that I watch every few years. You know, Misery is a great movie. It's actually my favorite, but it's not a fun movie to watch. It's very emotional. Intense. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't yeah. feel good after watching it. But The Dark Half is just one of those well-done, fun ride kind of movies. Yeah. It's very rewatchable. Well, I feel the same way about Carrie. Yeah. Because Carrie is a very sad story. In fact, when I first watched it, I, I cried. I cried for Carrie White. Yeah. Because... She didn't deserve all the abuse, but I knew deep down it was just a story Mm -hmm. and props to Stephen King for making a beautiful story, beautiful tragedy. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the reasons that story is still such a staple is that the themes in it will always be relatable. There will always be bullying. There will always be people struggling with things that no one else knows about Mm -hmm. and not everybody gets telekinetic powers and can take their vengeance but all of those heartbreaking beats are right there yeah and it's serious it's it's sad but true but but remember it's make-believe it's just a story (laughs) except for bullying yeah yeah. that's true uh actually aiden i've got a question for you there's something that we've talked about off mic but they've remade carrie so many times sequels and the remakes but the thing that's always not there is the fact that in the book you have the the white report and you have the excerpts from all the books. Would you be interested in seeing an adaptation that took that direction? I never thought of it that way. Hmm. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, it's just, I think the the elements of like seeing because, you know, you, you hear the it's the transcripts from all that. But like seeing Sue Snell mm-hmm. in front of, you know, the the tribunal that's holding this investigation and hearing a story that way. I just, I think it'd be really cool to see. Yeah, I could see Amy Irving doing that. Not Amy, a Sue. Yeah, Sue Snell, yeah. Who would direct that? Oh, that's oh. a good question. J.J. <laughs> Abrams. Yeah, that would be yeah, a pick. Yeah, I could see that. And there's something about, <laughs> this is going to sound like a weird compliment, but he can do stationary really well. <laughs> because that's what the, that's the tone you'd need for those those investigation scenes, mm-hmm. like those interrogations, like you'd need that quiet intensity. Exactly. All right. We just, we got our director. Right. <laughs> we just need to cast this thing. Sissy um, Spacek Aiden, you comes can write back the screenplay. And she plays Margaret White. Oh, Ooh, dark. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be so insane. But I would watch it immediately. Me too. <laughs> so, 
Aiden, as somebody who has been exposed to writing his whole life, been writing his whole life, if you could give a piece of advice to other passionate writers and creators out there from your experience, what would it, what would that be? Always write what you know. Mm. Read lots of books. Watch a lot of movies. Take lots of notes. Draw pictures if you have to. Just uh, keep writing what you know, and who knows, you might come up with a great story. It's good advice. Yeah, solid yeah. advice. You, you talk about writing what you know. What would you say is your story or your experience that you want to share with readers when they read your work? Hmm, maybe a world building, something mm-hmm. like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or Narnia. Yeah, just creating a, a world for people to get sucked into and, and live in while they're reading your work for a while. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great goal. Have you read The Talisman yet? No, but I heard about it. I think I know what it's about. Yeah, Stephen King and Peter Straub. God, the first, like, first hundred pages is all world building, and it's it's amazing. It's a slow read, but it's amazing. Peter Straub, you said? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Stephen King dedicated Eyes of the Dragon to him. um, Oh, that's right. He did. (laughs) That's amazing. <laughs> Surprised that uh, I knew that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's a good poll. You you always have a ton of great information about movies and books that you share with us, and it's great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Going uh, back to your writing one more time, I'm just really curious. What is what's your favorite thing you've ever written? Let's see. My favorite thing I've ever written would be a Robin Hood story that's modern day that takes place in America during the Great Depression. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yes. Man. Yeah, so the Robin character is pretty much like the Robin Hood character, and it's a mix of different versions of Robin Hood, whether it be the Errol Flynn version, the Disney version, the the one, the version with Alan Rickman as the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. That had to be that had to be fun to mix that kind of historical fiction and a little bit of fantasy to create that world. Yes. It's still a work in progress, but it's a movie I hope to write. Complete, rather. Yeah, that sounds great. So I have a question for you, and we don't have to keep this on the episode if you want to keep it like a, a secret for now, because I don't think you're finished with it yet. Last you you told us. Would you be willing to just describe for our listeners the first story that you shared with us, which I think is a really interesting premise about meeting Stephen King in a movie theater? Oh, I would love to, actually. The story actually begins in December of 76 in a small town in Massachusetts. Two high school kids went to a Saturday matinee of Carrie. They're familiar with Stephen King. The boy is reading Salem's Lot, but didn't read Carrie because he thought it was too girly. (laughs) (laughs) But the girl said, I think you'll find Carrie interesting. It's like like a psycho version of American Graffiti. (laughs) (laughs) The boy shrugs and says, okay. And for the part where in the beginning where Carrie got her period, right away, the boy felt uncomfortable and he whispered to his girlfriend, I don't want to see this. This is a girl getting her menstruational thing. <laughs> and and the girl says, calm down. This is make-believe. And the boy replied, girls getting their period is not make-believe. <laughs> and, and the girlfriend said, you know what I mean. Now simmer down. <laughs> but it was hard to simmer down for the boy while the mean girls were throwing feminine stuff at Carrie. Mm-hmm. He chanting, plug it up, plug it up. 
end. And so as the movie goes on and the boy felt bad for Carrie and and the man sitting next to the boy and the girl when the movie was over, he had jet black hair, a full beard, glasses and a Red Sox shirt. He was sitting next to the boy and the girl. And and he said, I never thought my story would leave an impact on you guys. And the boy and girl gasped and, and the girl says, you're Stephen King. And Stephen says, that's me. And he eventually invited the boy and the girl to the place he's staying at. And he met, introduced them to Tabitha, his wife. Tabitha's a, a brag that she saved Carrie's story <laughs> right. from, from the wastebasket. And according to taking this from his memoir mm-hmm. on writing, and Stephen said, I was stuck on Planet Female. No offense to you. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked about his upcoming stories, The Shining and The Stand. And then before boy and girl decided to go home, he handed a Xerox copy of, of a magazine story that he wrote called Lawnmower Man, which would later be published in Night Shift mm-hmm. and would later be adapted into a movie with Pierce Brosnan, I think. Very interesting adaptation. <laughs> In the next chapter I'm writing so far, the boy visits Stephen King again, and it's seen that Stephen King is having coffee with Piper Laurie. <laughs> and it's a big surprise. I want to surprise my readers with that, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine Stephen King, the writer, having coffee with one of the stars from his movie of Carrie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not his. It's Brian DePaul. <laughs> <but>. Yeah. <laughs> Still. But it's his story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a fun, a fun idea to tell a story, like because you have so much, like you said, his memoirs. You have all that reference to draw from to to create this this historical fiction of of this uh, this relationship and this more personal feeling retelling of yeah. of his process, like so early in his career. I it, I think it's so much fun. Yeah, I just thought it'd be cool to see Stephen King having coffee with the person he made say. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how do you stay inspired and get ideas when you're writing? I know you said that you watch a lot of things and read a lot of things. Are there any other tips that you have for people who are, who are lacking inspiration, maybe? The thing that comes to mind is going outside and explore nature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, absolutely. And ju- just enjoy the great outdoors. Or so you never know. Maybe it could inspire you. Yeah. I watched your creep show cut, the trailer. It reminded me of a music video. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was, you know, just kind of like clipped together and showed all the really cool parts from the from each of the shorts. I liked it. The music you heard was from an animated movie from 1983 by Novana called Rock and Roll. It was a song performed by Debbie Harry from Blondie. It was called the Invocation Song, and I found it on YouTube, and it sounded scary. I I originally used it in my Carrie video, but I decided to use it again in my Creepshow trailer. Oh, God. Disney music and scenes from Carrie sound like a fun juxtaposition. Yeah, the music I used for the Carrie trailer was from a Disney movie called The Rescuers. Oh, I love The Rescuers. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, it's the opening music called The Journey, Mm. performed by Shelby Flint, and it reminded me of Carrie. Mm. It came out one year after the movie version of Carrie, actually. Yeah. You know, I think if Stephen King wrote a Disney movie, it would be All Dogs Go to Heaven. 
<laughs> Have you seen? Oh that? yeah, so we can kill more dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I've always, when people have asked what my first horror movie was, I never remember this, but I think it was All Dogs Go to Heaven. <laughs> It did have some scary moments, yeah. It's a terrifying movie for a little kid to watch. (laughs) I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I feel like now I need to go back and... I have it. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't Burt Reynolds in it? I don't don't remember. I watched it... When I was so little, I, I wouldn't have known who anybody was. So then none of them, nobody stuck out. I know to me. it's made by the same person who did American Tale. Oh, yeah? I fucking love okay. the Fievel movies. So before we, we wrap things up, are there any last words you'd like to share with our listeners who have, have listened to this interview and they're like, man, I see a lot of myself in Aiden? What is something that you, any last words you'd like to share? Well, those of you who take interest in writing and stuff like that, I suggest you give it a try and read more books. doesn't have to be Stephen King. It could be <laughs> J.K. Rowling, H.P. Lovecraft, C.S. Lewis, Dr. Seuss, whatever. <laughs> Just do what you can to get writing and share your story. That's awesome. awesome, man. Aiden, thank you so much for chatting with us. It's been so great to to just finally have this one-on-one together. It's such an honor. For us as well. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode. For CM Alexander and Aiden White, I'm Joshua Khan reminding you, write what you know. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to our interview with Aiden White. We hope you enjoyed it. Josh, Ben, and I often talk about how important it is to us to be part of this community of horror fans and Stephen King fans. The relationships that we've built with all of you over the last four years really are the best part of doing this for us. And I think that this episode is an example of that. So thank you all for connecting with us and each other and making this experience more than we ever even anticipated that it could be. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.